uh, questions that you can write down and put in in there and uh, in the offering plate or office or you can email me. They're trying to track down that feedback. Should I go back to the pulpit? Am I better off there? You got it? All right, we're set. Um, and uh, so as I was saying, there's, there's papers on the back table. You can pick one up. You can jot a question down and, uh, and submit it. We've been looking at these, and uh, I, I've been enjoying it, to be honest with you, and I hope it's been a blessing and a help to you. And tonight's uh, is an interesting one. We're going to look at John's baptism. What was John's baptism? What was the purpose, uh, really, of John the Baptist that he was baptizing? And, and, uh, and, and so what was the point of it, and why did John start to baptize people, and really what did it stand for? And, uh, and so I, I enjoyed looking this up. So we're going to start with Matthew chapter number 3 and verse number 1. And the Bible says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And let's stop right there and let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, for uh, your word that we can study, God, that we can understand. God, I pray that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would help us to understand the baptism of John and really for what purpose it was, what it served and what it meant. And God, I pray that you would help us uh, to gain a good understanding of that, your word. And, and Father, may we be uh, blessed and encouraged by it. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, I really wanted to read the entire chapter, but I, I, I read it and then I end up rereading it throughout my message. So I thought, we'll just read the first couple of verses to get kicked off. But, uh, but we see this is uh, a chapter, the entire chapter, all 17 verses, really are dedicated to John the Baptist. And he is not mentioned very often in Scripture. Uh, he has little, uh, uh, not a little, I don't mean to say little as in insignificant, but a short ministry uh, that he completes. It was a very important ministry. And, uh, and so we see here, uh, first and foremost, uh, and we'll get into his baptism, but his, the, the baptism uh, was a physical representation of repentance. Look there in verse number two that we read. His message was this, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And, this, and the same John had his raiment of camel's hair, and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went, he, went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So really, what is John's baptism? You know, we think about baptism. We know, uh, for those of us that are in church regularly, we know baptism is, is an act of obedience after we are saved. Uh, we're baptized to follow Christ. It's not our, uh, it does not save us. Baptism does not save us. Uh, but it's just a symbol of, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But as we look at John's baptism, what was the purpose of it? And what, what did it stand for? 
And, uh, and so as I look in the Word of God, uh, the first thing that we notice there in verse number 6, it says, And were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. And so John's baptism was a representation of repentance. And where do I get that from? Look back with me in verse number 2, his message that he was preaching. He says in verse number 2, And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And his message was that of repentance. And, uh, and so his re repentance, what does that mean? Uh, well, Bruce, Dr. Bruce Lackey says it this way, repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of life. Now, we're, uh, we're talking about bapt or John's baptism and therefore repentance. Now, there's repentance unto salvation, and then there's just repentance. Sometimes people repent uh, of, of something bad, but they don't repent to God for salvation. Sometimes people will repent from what they're doing, and they'll say, well, I'm going this way, and maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's some other thing. Whatever it is, they recognize, maybe it's, maybe it's eating too many chocolate chip cookies. And I'm serious, as in a bad habit of like, you know, a poor diet. And they see and they recognize this, and then they repent. That's a turning and saying, you know what, I'm going to eat healthy. That's something that we can all understand. They repent to a good diet, not necessarily to God, uh, but to something different. Many times people will, will, will be going a direction in their life and they'll recognize there's something wrong with this direction and the things that we're doing are not helping, so they'll repent, but they don't necessarily turn to God. And so, uh, so there's that idea of repentance. And, uh, and so we see that even in John's message. He says, now John was trying to get them to repent and turn towards God. John was obviously pointing them to Jesus Christ, and we'll see that. But his message was very clear. It was that of repentance. When you get, uh, when you get, your, when you get it in your mind what needs to change, then, then actually getting your body to change is something different. Uh, getting your actions and your decisions to change sometimes can be difficult. Uh, but, uh, but we see John's message was that of, of repentance. And not just that he would say it, but he expected it. Look at verse number 6. And the Bible says, And were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, I'm glad we don't do that today. Uh, you get in the baptismal tank and you say, all right, I want you to tell us all your sins and what's going to change in your life before you baptize us. Aren't you glad we don't do that? Amen. Uh, we have a hard enough time just getting people baptized. Uh, boy, you wouldn't have people getting baptized. But that's what John did. And you say, well, how, how do you know that? Go with me to, um, I had this a little further down. Go save your spot here in Matthew chapter 3 because we're going to be back here. But go, go with me to the gospel of Luke chapter number 3. The Gospel of Luke, chapter number 3, is a parallel passage to what we're talking about. Luke, chapter number 3, and verse number 12. You can go back, and I encourage you to check out the, the context and make sure, but it is talking about John the Baptist, and it is talking about his baptisms. And, and in verse number 12, the Bible says, Then came also publicans to be baptized, and said unto him, Master, 
what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. Now, what is a publican? We talked about a publican on Sunday. It's a tax collector. And so the tax collectors would uh, ask more money than what they should have asked. And so John the Baptist, he's telling them, look, uh, if you're a tax collector, only collect what you're supposed to collect. He doesn't stop there. Look at the next verse. He says in verse number 14, And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. Paul was pretty, or uh, uh, John was very straightforward. Um, he was saying, Listen, uh, don't be beating people up to get money, basically. I mean, the soldiers, uh, they were, they were uh, bullying people and, and exacting money, and, and that's what he's telling them. Hey, don't do that. Be content with what you receive in your wages. Go on with me in verse number 15. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. And so John the Baptist was straight preaching. I mean, he was saying, hey, if you're a publican, you only take what you ought to deserve. If you're a soldier, uh, don't be beating people up unnecessarily. Don't be uh, going above the law and taking the law into your own hands. And don't be uh, stealing money from other people, uh, but be content with your wages. And so uh, John is very straightforward. And you'll notice that even when he baptized them, uh, they were confessing his sins. In verse number 8, he says, back in our text in Matthew chapter 3, Verse number six, he talks about them being baptized and confessing their sins. But then in verse number eight, he says this. We'll go back to verse number seven because the Pharisees and Sadducees come unto him. The Bible says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat, for repentance. In other words, hey, just don't tell me that you're going to repent, but live it. In other words, hey, I want to actually see that your life is going to change. And, uh, and John the Baptist, hey, there was no room for prideful arrogance in John's message or method. He was straightforward with them, and he was telling them, hey, you need to live right. You need to uh, get your life cleaned up. And, uh, and so uh, John... This was the, his baptism, number one, it represented physical, uh, it was a physical representation, rather, of repentance. Somebody will tell you they repent in their heart, but you can't see it. You can watch them and observe, but baptism was kind of like a statement of saying, hey, uh, I'm going to get baptized, and that signifies and that stands for the fact that I'm going to follow through. I'm making a statement with my life. And that's kind of the idea Part of the idea 
behind John's baptism. It was a physical representation of repentance. But it wasn't just that. Look with me in verse number 3 of Matthew 3. And we see here the Bible says, For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. We see that uh, not only was it uh, a physical representation of repentance, but it was also preparation for Christ's ministry. As John went through, uh, Jesus had not started his public ministry. And, and John was uh, a bold uh, voice crying out in the wilderness. And he was, he was to prepare the way so that when Jesus came, uh, it would be easier for Jesus to enter the scenes. And, uh, and there was already something uh, different that had been started. John's baptism was not for salvation. We'll say that right up front. Um, because we'll look at another verse a little bit later down the road that, that clearly shows that John's baptism did not save people. Uh, so I want that to be understood. But it was a preparation for the ministry of Christ. In what way? Look with me in verse number 10. The Bible says this, And now also, he was talking to the Pharisees. Remember that he said in verse number 8, uh, Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. In verse 9, Think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father, for, we, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Verse number 10. And now also the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. God was about to establish uh, a new religion. Now, you've got to remember, the Jews had worshipped the same way uh, for thousands of years. They had brought sacrifices to the temple. Uh, they had brought the, the sacrifices. They had followed the laws. For thousands of years, they have done this. And we know that in the New Testament, uh, there was about three, 400 years of quietness where God did not speak to the nation of Israel. Before uh, Jesus came on the scene, before Jesus came on the scene. And so, uh, if I could say it this way, it was, it really, in, in a couple of hundred years, became a very routine, mundane relationship with God that, that almost was meaningless to them. Matter of fact, the scribes and Pharisees, we know with how Jesus dealt with them many times in the New Testament. Uh, they, were just, uh, they were just religious leaders that were, uh, well, Jesus called them whited sepulchers. In other words, they were white on the outside. They looked all beautiful. Boy, they knew how to tie their tie, right? And they knew how to button, and they knew how to match all their clothes, probably better than I do. And, uh, and they, they had all of that down, but he said they're dead on the inside. There's nothing. They were spiritually dead. And so uh, they, they, of course, come when John come along and he started baptizing and, and there became a stir amongst the nation of Israel and the Jews. You know, anytime there was a religious stir, boy, the scribes and Pharisees had to come out and they had to, uh, to straighten it out and set it back in order, say, no, that's not right. That doesn't fit in with our Old Testament theology and therefore that's wrong and you guys need to get back to the temple and continue paying your tithe and doing this and doing that 
It was a religious system. But John the Baptist was establishing a new way. And so when he came along preaching repentance and he came along baptizing, uh, boy, even the Pharisees and scribes said, hey, what's going on out here? We got to find out what is going on. And so John was uh, preparing a new way for a new religion for Jesus Christ to open the doors. Not only that, but I want you to notice he was preparing for new followers as well. Look in verse number 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In other words, John the Baptist, he was just simply out there. He was just calling people, hey, hey, come here. Hey, you need to repent and, and get baptized. And, and he said, it's not about following me, but there's somebody even greater than I am that I'm not even worthy to, to, to bend down and to do his shoe latching. He's saying, hey, it's not about me. We're looking for somebody far greater than myself. And John the Baptist was stirring up the people and he was preparing people so that they were ready to follow the Messiah that would come, that being Jesus Christ. And so he was preparing them for new followers. Again, save your spot here in John chapter, or Matthew chapter 3. Go with me to the Gospel of John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1. We can see this so clearly in John chapter number 1 and verse 25. John 1.25, the Bible says this. These are the Pharisees, again, talking with John the Baptist. Verse, we'll go to verse 24. John 1.24, the Bible says, And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. Those things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me interesting we get into a whole lot of nuances because John the Baptist was born before Jesus Christ was he was born six months before Jesus was born and yet he's saying hey he was before me in other words he's not older than me well he is older than me he goes back to eternity because he's God and he firmly was uh was was solidifying the deity of Jesus Christ because Jesus physically was born on this earth after John the Baptist. But he's saying, hey, he was before me. And again, he's pointing people to Jesus and saying, hey, Jesus is the one that you need to follow. Skip down with me to verse number 35 in John chapter 1. I love this, this verse right here. It's really interesting. John chapter 1, verse 35. Again, the next day after John stood... And two of his disciples, these are two disciples that were following John. John had a following of people from which he had baptized and he had been preaching. So stood two of his disciples, 
and looking upon Jesus, in verse 36, as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Boy, it's ever so clear that those disciples knew. Well, John, this is the one that John was pointing to. Hey, John was just a forerunner of Jesus Christ, and he was, his baptism was to prepare the way for the ministry of Jesus Christ and prepare uh, the new way that would come with Jesus, prepare the new followers that would take and follow after Jesus. If you read down passage, you'll find out that, uh, that one of those disciples was actually Andrew, and probably the other one uh, was John. The Apostle John that wrote the Gospel of John uh, were, were two of those that were Jesus' disciples. They started with John the Baptist first. They were baptized with the baptism of repentance from John. They, they were all prepped and ready to follow after Jesus because John was preparing for new followers. I want you to know, too, that not all followed. Um, you, you can just mark this down in Luke chapter 7 and verse 29. The Bible says, And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God, being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. It shouldn't really surprise us, but the Pharisees and the lawyers said, oh, this guy's not of God. And they rejected even the message and even the baptism of John before Jesus ever started his public ministry. And so we see that uh, John was busy preparing a new way. He was preparing new followers to follow after Jesus. Go back with me to Matthew chapter number 3. He was also preparing uh, Jesus for ministry. Look with me in verse number 13 in Matthew chapter number 3. Not only was he preparing new followers and a new way, but he was actually preparing Jesus. In verse number 13, the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Let me just pause there for a moment. What happened is, here's John. And he's preaching his message of repent and be baptized. Repent and, and confess your sins and, and come and, and be baptized unto the baptism of repentance. And, and, and as he's preaching and as he's teaching and as he's uh, preparing the way for Christ, then Christ arrives on the scene and, uh, and, and Jesus says, hey, I need you to baptize me. John the Baptist says, well, no, 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 you don't understand. You're far greater than me. I should be baptized by you. I shouldn't be baptizing you. And Jesus says, no. Gives him these words. Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill the righteousness, all righteousness. And so Jesus persuaded John and said, no, you, you baptize me. Now, Jesus didn't need to repent uh, of sins, obviously. Jesus lived a sinless life. Uh, but, but why was Jesus baptized? To fulfill God's plan. 
Uh, I don't have a better answer for you, just because that's what God wanted. And as we read this passage, you'll find out, indeed, God, God puts His blessing on it. Um, because Jesus, obviously, he had no sin. There was no sin to repent of. There was no sin to confess. Uh, but being baptized was a, uh, was a show of his um, obedience to God in baptism. So go with me to verse number 16 where we left off. And Jesus, when he was baptized went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Verse number 17, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So spoke out when Jesus was baptized by John and said, hey, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's all kinds of uh, very clear indications that Jesus was doing God's will and, and the, the baptism was uh, in obedience to God and it was publicly approved of by God. And so uh, one of the, the second thing I think was not only was it a physical representation of, of repentance, the baptism of repentance as it's called in many times throughout the Gospels, but it was also in preparation for Christ's ministry. But I want you to see one other thing. Go with me to the Gospel of John chapter number 3. The Gospel of John chapter number 3. And these are kind of all spread out. There's not one good account of just John the Baptist, but the Gospel of John chapter number 3 and verse number 23. And we see a purposeful transition. So we see a physical representation of repentance. We see a preparation for Jesus' ministry. And we see a purposeful uh, transition that John transitions out. Now John the Baptist willingly transitioned into second place before fading off the scenes. Uh, look with me here in, in John 3 and verse number 23. The Bible says, And John also was baptizing in Anon, near to Samaria, uh, Salem, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized. And John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. In other words, there was some question. John was still doing ministry. Jesus was doing ministry. And, and some of John's disciples said, hey, wait a minute. Uh, Jesus is doing ministry over there, and, and, and all men are going to him. And they were concerned, and they were frantic, and they were saying, hey, what is going on there? Look with me in verse 27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore is fulfilled. In verse 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. 
John the Baptist had a wonderful ministry. Uh, you think about John, uh, John's strong opening. I mean, John comes onto the scene, and he's a wild man. He's dressed in camel's hair. He has a leather girdle. I mean, he's eating wild honey and locusts. I mean, uh, he would not have fit in our Baptist churches. Um, he probably didn't fit in the synagogues either, to be honest with you. I mean, he just come on the scene, and, and he was a wild man, and, and he just started preaching in the wilderness. And I don't know if just him crying out in the wilderness, I could just kind of picture him out by a river just crying out and, and saying, hey, repent. And people are like, what is lunatic doing out here? we got to go see. And so people would go out and they would fly to him and as they would hear his message they would be convicted and they would actually be baptized and then, and then with time as Jesus comes on the scene he starts pointing them and funneling them to Jesus Christ but he comes on the, 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 the scene just really strong from the very uh, beginning and, and he just uh, comes out very boldly but then subtly and suddenly and very deliberately he closes down his ministry Verse 30, he says, he, talking about Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. His disciples came to him and they were concerned. They said, hey, Jesus has got quite a, quite a big gathering over there. And John's saying, all the better. Hey, he must increase and mine must decrease. I've got to close it down and I've got to funnel people towards Jesus Christ. That was my ministry. That was my goal. Look with me in John chapter number 4. In verse 1 and 2, the Bible says in John 4, 1, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, verse number 2, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. And uh, it goes on and it talks about how the, the, the scribes and Pharisees became concerned about Jesus at that point. But I just want to point out the fact that, uh, that, that Jesus didn't baptize people. Uh, but his disciples did. But he was amassing a, a larger gathering. That was the purpose of, of John, to prepare the ministry of Jesus Christ, and disciples that way, and then to transition out and close down and say, you know what, I want people to go that way. Go with me to one more passage. John's disciples, go with me to Acts chapter number 18. You don't read a whole lot more about John the Baptist. He was beheaded in prison because he was very bold and, uh, and he preached against sin and, uh, and somebody uh, committed sin and he preached against it and, and they had him beheaded in prison for that. Um, Acts chapter number 18. And we see some, some of John's disciples that were hanging around. Remember I said John's baptism did not save people. Um, and, and we'll see that here in Acts chapter number 18. Look with me in verse number 24. I love this passage. It's a very interesting passage. The Bible says, And, cer and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only... The baptism of John. So Apollos had been baptized by John. 
And he was fervent in the scriptures. He was very educated. Uh, when it says scriptures, uh, it is, of course, talking about the Old Testament. The New Testament had yet to be written, but he was very clear. He's, he's saying, hey, you know, this is important. And, and uh, old Apollos, I mean, he had a, a revival within himself of, hey, God is real and God's word is real. And all of this is so important. And so he was very eloquent and he was talking to people. But look at what he says in, in verse, number, uh, verse number 26. Verse 25 ends in knowing only the baptism of John. So he had only been baptized by John. Verse 26, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Aquila and Priscilla were saved saints of God that had been born again and, and uh, had ministered with Paul. And, and when they heard Apollos in the synagogue standing up and teaching, they're like, man, this guy's good. And, uh, and they were, he's really good, but he doesn't have quite all the facts right on Jesus. So they take him aside and they teach him, hey, Jesus Christ is the Messiah. You're talking about the sacrifices. You're talking about the Old Testament. You're talking about all the things of the Old Testament. Jesus is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead so that we can be saved. So they expound unto him way more perfectly. They lead him to the Lord. Verse 27, and when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. And so Apollos only the baptism of John and he was fervent in his uh, uh, belief in God and belief in the Old Testament and following the scriptures but yet Aquila and Priscilla pulled him aside and said listen you got the, the, the half of the story you got down man you got it really good but Jesus came this is the other half and they gave him the more perfect way we got another example in Acts chapter 19 the following chapter and they gave him Jesus, and Apollos got saved. Matter of fact, that's the same Apollos that worked with Paul, and Paul named him in several books, I believe in Titus, if I'm not mistaken, in one other book. He said, hey, salute Apollos, uh, who, was, who ministered with me. And so him and Paul became friends. Look in chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. I always love that portion. I don't know why. I just find it uh, kind of funny. In other words, here's some disciples, and they're excited, kind of like Apollos was. And they they said, uh, you know, they were they were excited about Scripture, excited about God, excited about the things of God, and so they're presenting these things. And Paul says, "Hey, have you guys heard of the Holy Ghost?" And they says, "We we don't know what the Holy Ghost is. We we've never heard of such a thing." Go with me there in verse number three, and he said to them. Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. 
In other words, here were some more disciples from John's ministry that were left over that uh, maybe didn't make it all the way to Christ or maybe didn't see the Messiah or maybe didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't know about Jesus, and, uh, and, but they were excited and fervent about the things of God, knowing only the baptism of John. Go with me now, uh, the same verses, and follow along there. He said, uh, verse number 4, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Verse number 5, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. you got to fill in the gaps there and understand that they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They had before been baptized by John. They were, uh, were unaware that Jesus had come and that Jesus had died on the cross and rose again from their dead. And so Paul uh, comes along and he finds these group of Jews that were excited and, uh, and, and, and excited about Scripture and excited about God. And, and he gives them the other side of the story and says, hey, that's Jesus is the Messiah. And he came and he died on the cross and he rose again so that you can be saved. And they trusted in him. And then the Bible says that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so uh, very clearly we see from those two passages that, hey, uh, that, that salvation didn't come from John's baptism. Uh, it was simply a preparation to point people to Jesus Christ, those are, uh, well, there's 12 guys in, in Acts chapter 19 and one guy, Apollos, in, in Acts chapter 18 at the end of the, the, the book there that we find that were two very clear um, groups of people that, uh, that, that needed the rest of the story, if I could say it that way, and, and the, the truth about Jesus Christ and who he was and what John was pointing to. And so they helped him understand that. And we see that John uh, had a purposeful transition where he stepped back and he said, you know what, be the front of the scenes. Jesus is the most important. And, uh, and I, he must increase and I must decrease. And so we see that in John's ministry. And so uh, I pray and hope that that is a blessing and encouragement to you as far as John's baptism. I just want to give you uh, two things on baptismal regeneration. You're scratching your head saying baptismal, who's it, what's it? Baptismal regeneration. Basically, that means some people believe that uh, in order to be saved, you have to be baptized. Um, and that's simply not Bible. Uh, there's two, two scriptures that they generally go to on that. There's a few more, but generally these two. Mark 16, 15 says this, uh, and you can mark it down. You can go there real quick. I'm going to be quick on this. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And they say, see right there, you have to be believe and be baptized. But the verse doesn't stop there. It goes on and it says, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And so if baptism was necessary for salvation, it would say, it would read just like it does the first part, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But the second part would also read, but he that believeth not and is not baptized shall be damned. But it doesn't say that. 
It simply says, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So uh, it is simply belief in Jesus Christ that saves us. So that's one verse. The second verse that's commonly used is Acts 2.38. And I'll just touch on this real quick. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And uh, let me just mention this, that those who were saved in Bible times, they were, they were baptized immediately. I mean, they were outdoors preaching many times, and those who were saved, I mean, they got baptized. And so in Peter's message in Acts 2.38, he says uh, the words, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I just say that Peter rolled the two together, uh, not, not intending that baptism be part of salvation, but baptism was very clearly uh, a show after salvation. You say, well, how do you know that? I can give you, I got one, two, three, four verses that I'll show you. Uh, you can jot them down. You probably know most of them. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Doesn't mention baptism at all. Not in that verse. John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Again, it does not say anything about baptism. It simply talks about believing on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Romans 9, uh, or Romans 10, 9 and 10, these are verses that we use really frequently. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Doesn't mention anything about baptism. Goes on in the next verse and says, uh, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It does not say anything about baptism. Uh, go down to verse 13 and it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm just saying if baptism was necessary, there would not be so many verses that emphasize just believing in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Lastly, I'll give you the last one the thief on the cross that died with Jesus. He was there, and what did Jesus tell him? He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't get baptized. And so I'm just telling you, based on Bible facts, that baptism is not necessary for salvation. Not at all. The Bible is very clear that our faith and trust in Jesus Christ is salvation. And, uh, and so I hope and pray that that is a help and a, a blessing to you. As we have every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. For your word, God, that's so clear. And God, we can look into it. We can read from it. God, we can understand. God, I know I've given a lot of information, but I pray that each and every person will be able to absorb it and, and take that with them. And, and God, even take and, and mark those things down and understand that John's baptism was really in preparation for your coming. That he would set the stage so that you could come as the Messiah and take 
even disciples from John and run with what had been started by John. God, what an amazing way of putting everything together that you've done. And God, we thank you for your word and how you've made it so clear. God, thank you that salvation is a free gift for any person that would like to put their faith and trust in you. What a blessing to know, God, that we can simply believe and call upon you and that you would save us. God, I pray that you would just, uh, again, bless each and every person and uh, help them as they uh, look at all these things. God, help them to have understanding. And God, if there's one that does not know you, God, that they'd put their faith and trust in you tonight. And we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As invitation, as the music plays, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open, you can pray there in your seat.